Hello, welcome to this episode 45 postcap of Burnt Cookbook Party. It is meant to be listened to after you have listened to episode 45 Consequent Debt. It provides more context on some characters that appear at the end of that episode, so consider this spoiler territory if you haven't listened to the whole episode yet. Last time on Burnt Cookbook Party. You were entrusted with acquiring explosives from a regular supplier. He's a tiefling, like a half-demon guy who's named Bruler. He's an alchemist, but he only refers to himself as an anarchimist. Patty, you've worked with Bruler multiple times in the past, and you know that he's madly in love with you, but who isn't? You know, Bruler, I always appreciate how you hook it up for us and everyone in Raid. We can always depend on you. Just remember, the life that you're fighting for, it already exists here in New Haven. Just let the rest of the world tear themselves apart. You just gotta take care of yourself sometimes. Oh, Bruler, that's that's so sweet of you to say. I know that y'all always have a friend in, uh, I guess a friend, in you. But, you know, I, I serve a higher purpose. I'm here for the people, not just myself. Hopefully someday you'll understand. Bavel is convinced that the meteorite is a sign from the gods, specifically the god Hibdal, who's like the god of chaos. He's also like a, a god of space and a god of travel. And he believes that Hibdal is calling him to become a demigod, just like the demigods were called during the Rescuous War. Like the, the gods are trying to intervene on whatever this time loop is, and he has been chosen, and increasingly he believes so. <laughs> the meteor is in New Haven, right? So a part of the meteor is in New Haven but the bulk of it is in a Rescarian town called Nantarum. So there is a young dwarf from Nantarum that is trying to sell it in the black markets. So generally he goes to New Haven, he kills the kid who's trying to sell the meteorite and takes Holy it. Holy cow. Uh, and then okay. leaves. Harsh. But every time he goes to reconnect it to the meteor that hit Nantarum, that loop ends. Amazing. Mm. Well, I mean, there's a blueprint for us. Yeah, I think we should... Get the one in New Haven. I also am good in black markets. That's true. Your black market expertise (laughs) is finally going to come in handy. My friends, I have two thoughts. One is that the thing Bavel tried to do every time never worked. And he always tried to get this meteor. I think we should focus on trying to change something that has never been able to be changed in these loops. Maybe we should save Glorahan. Nah. As you guys go down the spiral staircase into the black market, things get darker and darker and darker. I think we need to stick together. A good bet might be searching for somebody who would be selling a meteorite. You are able to quickly determine that that dwarf is here already. He's been making a huge scene. So you're meeting vendor after vendor who's like, oh yeah, I've met this asshole. He was here (laughs) trying to sell me this fake meteorite. He wanted 10,000 gold for it. Incredible. Well, sounds like he's asking to get robbed. Or murdered. Astra, one of those rescuous moles brushes past your feet and you see that a message is tied up (gasps) around it. It says, female rat folk, approximately four feet tall, white fur, red eyes, pink nose, expensive taste. Most beautiful creature you'll ever lay eyes on. That's me! The message that's scribbled on the bottom is, she's here, entrance five. If I had to make a guess about what this is, it's that the first one is like an open bulletin looking for this person, and the response is from the gnomish person that we encountered on our way in, 
fulfilling this wanted warrant, basically. But it sounded like a positive warrant. As the girls are kind of discussing (laughs) what to make of this letter. Ignore it. You hear somebody behind you, a meek voice going, help me. Isn't there anybody here who could help me? Don't worry. I'm here to help. And I'll turn around to find out where the voice is coming from. Johnny's always here to help. (laughs) Uh, Behind you, you see a small elderly gnome. He's kind of hunched over. He's wearing ragged little robe. He's standing in a storefront. Whoa, little dude. How can I help? Could you take a package across the market for me? Oh no, you're a mule. And who should I say, like, this package is from? From his old friend Snipperit. From Snipperit. All right. Nice to meet you. I'm Johnny Brightchild. I will be taking this package from you. You know we're in the black market, right, Johnny? And this is a place of skullduggerous. Right. Ne'er-do-wells. You know what, Johnny? I'll go with you. I, I'm savvy. I'm street smart. Let's. I'll go with you. And, and Patty and Zelf, they can keep looking for the asteroid. Do we have three minutes for me to stop in this monster tent? I'm sorry to ask. Yeah, I mean, we've only got a time limit before all of time resets and we go back to being our past selves and this is all forgotten. But yeah, no, let's stop and look at some animals. I knew you'd understand, Astra. Patty's also interested in checking out the animal store. The gnome who runs this shop, he is kind of watching you go from cage to cage. Do you have a way to keep the elephant quiet? I don't remember this part of Dumbo. Dumbo does have a talking rat. Patty is witnessing what she views as creatures being exploited. Obviously, time is not on her side here. She's going to wield her machete and she's going to say, Stop the exploitation! And she's going to keep bashing cages. Hello, Mr. Clickbert. Here, this is a package that your old friend Snipperit wanted you to have. Thank you, son. I appreciate it. And he takes out the necklace and he he puts it back on. You notice that the necklace starts shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking (laughs) until it's clasped tightly around his throat. Bro, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you hear nearby someone shouting, I-, I thought this was supposed to be a black market. Clearly, everyone here has been selling forgeries for so long. No one knows a real artifact when it's right in front of their face. God, what a hipster. Oh, right. It's the thing we came down here for. <laughs> Gaffin Ritt himself gave this meteorite to me, a demigod. You think this isn't legit? Boy, that looks like a legitimate meteorite. Gosh, you must be really special, and now you're just trying to sell it, huh? Well, obviously, that's why he must have given it to me, because, you know, my family, they're miners, and we can't work because the mines are filled with radiation, so, you know, he wanted me to sell it. It just so happens, man, that I might know a merchant you could do business with. Take me to him. All right, so we go back to Snipperit's stand. Snipperit is sitting outside waiting for you to come back with just a shit-eating grin on his face. Hello, my friend. I was able to deliver the package to that man. He just laughs. And so this guy is looking to sell the meteorite for 10,000 gold, and I wanted you to tell me how much you thought it was worth. He looks at it and he gets very serious. This is a priceless artifact. Does uh, 50,000 gold sound fair to you? And Tugrak is like, absolutely, that sounds fair, for sure. Astra has a moment of panic. (laughs) Because she realizes that the thing that they came here to get is about to be sold. So I think she's going to try to grab it and run. (laughs) Patty's been in this type of situation enough times. 
she knows that if one member of your group starts running, you better start running too. So she's right on her heels. Johnny draws his sword and uh, charges the shopkeeper. You knocked his tiny frail body backwards into this huge shelf of strange artifacts and knocks them all over. Johnny, you can see the symbol of Zitrix. Whoa. <laughs> Suddenly you see Tugrak fall forward and a slice goes across his back in the exact same spot oh. where it had hit Snipperit. He cast a spell on you, or on him, or on himself, and he's gotten away. And now we have to get away. Self, like, we can't just, like, leave this shop here. It's, like, full of cursed items, right? Now would you help me set this shop on fire? Fine, just one, and then we're leaving. Thanks, Self. If I can push a box over and then light that on fire, that sounds great. Flambe. And then we run. And I, I invite Todrick to come with us. Oh, we stole from him. Oh, God. Patty, you know the telltale signs of trouble in the black market. Uh-oh. And you see that you are surrounded by Thieves Guild thugs to the south. There are two more thugs and a rather imposing-looking Ifrit. The Ifrit wears black pants and a black face mask like a ninja, but Whoa. he's shirtless and he has these red tribal tattoos all over his chest and arms. Oh, Patty's fucked. When the smoke bomb hits the ground near you guys and releases, Caitlin, you <laughs> pass out. You fall asleep for one minute. Self doesn't want to get lost in the fog, but he shoots Johnny a look and says, I think we need to go in after him. So he'll reach out, take Johnny's hand. That's beautiful. Ideally, Zelf is going to pick Patty up and abscond with her. Zelf, you march through the mist in a straight line, emerging on the west side of the cloud. You did not find her unconscious anywhere along the way. Uh-oh. From the edge of the mist, Tudgrak <laughs> yells out, Johnny, where did you go? Do you have the meteorite? Astra shakes her head no. <laughs> no, she's saying she doesn't. I'm not going to have you guys steal this meteorite from me. And he walks into the mist. He'll be fine. And immediately passes out. When we talked to the Thieves Guild thug, he didn't want to fight at all. Now that Patty's gone, can't we call a truce? Who do you think took Patty? I think it's probably these guys. Look, as long as you don't interfere with their meeting, you can come down to the Thieves Guild and you can wait for it to wrap up. Like, she's not going to be hurt, right? There won't be any trouble unless she tries to cause trouble. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Patty's pretty reasonable. While you guys sit and wait, Patty, you wake up in a bed. Oh. When you look down, you also see that you are wearing a jacket. Something only a rebel would wear. Brewer, uh, fancy seeing you here. It's, it's been so long. W- what's going on, buddy? Patty, I kept up with your trial. Uh, brainwashed the entire time, huh? Brewer, I hope that you know me well enough to understand that none of that was really me. I mean, you, you know how my parents can get. You know that I'm true to the cause. It's just all your friends are in jail and you're not, and... You're standing shoulder to shoulder with the Queen of Berwyn herself. I'm just trying to live a good life, fight for the common man from inside. Listen, Patty, the jacket, it's lined with explosives. Oh, shit. Let's you and I head on up and tell him that Brewer says hi, okay? I think Astra, who is not a patient person, is gonna eventually be like, Oh, boy, um, do you guys have a little girl's room I could sneak around to? Not sneak. <laughs> j- could you just point me to it and I'll walk there normally? Yeah, you could follow me. You don't want to just wander around back here. There's a whole bunch of traps. 
wherever their backs are turned to, I want to go. Uh, and then the first door that I reach, I want to try. A trip mine explodes. Jesus. Thieves Guild members start funneling into the hall from random doors, filling the already cramped space and surrounding you. Eventually, a hooded gnome enters. He's <laughs> clearly not dressed for combat. He pulls his hood down and reveals a beady little eyes and a goatee. I told you guys not to let those shadow and kids wander around here. They're like, oh, sorry, Zalvit, sorry, Zalvit. Yeah, what the hell? It's like, the Winter Guard will be here any minute to pick them up. Bro, I'm much older than I look, and the Winter Guard are not to be trusted. You don't have to tell me that the Winter Guard can't be trusted. I know that. I'm I'm a businessman first, though. Let me make you a counteroffer. We could get pretty close to Pearl and Glorhan if we were allowed to do so. Uh, and we could make this whole trial a lot easier for you. Maybe we uh, split the gold and uh, we go and bring Glorhan and Pearl back to you. And uh, this is a situation in which uh, every party here wins. What do you think about that? He looks you over and he sees a kindred spirit in you, Astra. You know what? I think that we can make a deal, Astra. I'm not just going to let you wander out of here alone, of course. Of course. Uh, I'll have to send one of my men with you. Sure. She's going to offer her hand to shake. He reaches out and shakes it. He says, let me introduce you to an associate of mine, Tommy Emberize. And you see <laughs> that there is an Ifrit, the one that you saw earlier in the ambush party, now, you should know Tommy, he's not big on talking. I'm not even sure if he can talk. Uh, he's a quiet guy. Oh, I love that in a man. You hear this, like, crackling of energy and you smell ozone behind you through the double doors that are open into the Thieves' Guild. You see Bobble Flask Forge fly out of a portal. Tudgrak follows behind Bobble and goes, that's them. That's the people who robbed me. Yeah. He's right. We stole it from him. <laughs> Is this helpful? <laughs> it's extremely dangerous. The radiation poisoning alone can drive you crazy. Oh. Not something you just want to handle. The words drive you crazy like Echo and Zolf's mind as he looks at Bobble. How exactly are you planning to help me stop the time loops? No, Zolf says, you've been doing the same thing for hundreds of time loops. You need a fresh perspective. You're trapped in your own thinking. You need the perspective of a chef, a guy who doesn't think at all, somebody who might be a charlatan, an anarchist radical, somebody who embodies pure chaos to figure out the role of this chaos god, Meteorite. Yeah, and a legitimate publisher. I don't know who the charlatan you were talking about was. <laughs> Bobble, through pure chance, you've gathered the party of pure chaos... And I don't want to just get forgotten in another time loop. Every time in the past that I've tried to do this, it's unclear what's happened to me. I don't know if I ascend to a higher plane. Probably not. Or if I die immediately. Probably, yeah. That's why you can't do this alone, Bavel. At the very least, you need people who are able to cast this ritual and move their knowledge forward through the loops to see what happens to you and keep their own record. Yeah, Bavel, I've got a really important question to ask you. How the fuck do you remember? Well, that's a good one, Astra. He says, I, I don't remember. I, re I don't remember anything between the loops. You just read the journal? I don't like that. Tudrock, bro, like, I'm sorry we left you behind, man. But, like, you really gotta, like, get 
home, bro. Like, this is like a war zone. Bavel Flaskforge, a hero from my hometown, is here now, and he's not going to let you guys just walk away with my meteorite. He's going to make sure that I sell it and that I get back to my hometown and bring money back into Nantrum. Yeah, we definitely know for a fact, having read the journal, that he kills this kid a bunch of times. Patty! We need to find Patty! Pavel says, I- I've got this one. And he opens up a dimensional door. Don't! What? Uh, and he motions the four of you through. But you see that when Tudrak starts to come through, Bobble pushes him back into the shop and closes it behind you. Johnny waves at him like, bye, bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> Patty, you are thrust back into the sunlight on the surface as you and Bruler exit the black market. I'm going to take every ounce of strength in my little rat body, and I'm just going to tackle him. Yeah, hell yeah. You catch Ruler off guard with your tenacity, and you nail him with the machete. Yeah. He looks at you, shocked, and he says, Patty, why are you doing this? We're, we're friends. Have I damaged his brain? Is that what happened? You see from around a corner from the alley between one of the shops, the jerby kind of steps out. <gasps> It scampers up the rest of the way. It says, Patty hurts. I look at what you did for me, setting me free, and I know that the world is a better place with you in it. As much as I would love to just hack him into a million pieces with my machete, I need to get this damn vest off of me. Great. What would you like to do with the vest? I am going to put it on this fucker and lock it on him. So what we're going to do is we're going to find a nice, out-of-the-way abandoned building. And we're going to go ahead and take our friend Bruler in there, and we're going to take the detonator, and we're going to take the key. And we're going to put Bruler in one corner of the building, and we're going to put the keys in the other corner of the building. And then we're also going to hide the detonator. And I'm really hoping that we can set it up in a way that, like, if he grabs the wrong thing, he could blow himself up. Like Saw? Comrade, how far you have fallen from our days of glory together. I just want you to know, Bruler, justice will always find those who are deserving. And then she's gonna slam the door and leave him to his fate. Old Patty's back. And she looks so good doing it.